The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Oh, that's a big voice guy. Love. It's one of my favorite times of the week. If nothing else, at least Jacob can like talk me off the ledge, right? Mister Calm, cool, and collected. Although <laughs> being a Suns fan, that <laughs> may not be the guy to talk to. Uh, how you been, man? I, I'm feeling a lot better uh, after last night than I was a few days ago. That's oh, for sure. That's two in a row. Apparently, the Lakers can't play without AD. Got the heart of a champion. <laughs> I mean, what is really going on? Like, well, the Lakers can't shoot. The Suns know yep. they can't shoot. Yep. And they're daring them to shoot. So yeah. you're seeing four bodies in the paint every time LeBron comes off the screen. So yeah. Champs on the brink of elimination. Coach K set to retire after the 21-22 season. What else we got? Boston Celtics stuff. Brad Stevens taking Danny Ainge's job and Danny Ainge retiring. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I don't know if they missed their window, but with all they had stockpiled, and yes, they got Tatum and Jalen Brown. But you got to have more to show for it than that, don't well, you? Well, I mean, you see what Brooklyn's on the uh, the brink Virgin of doing, doing right it, now, yeah. and they, they decide, hey, we're going to go all in, and they made the move for Harden. Boston had opportunities to potentially make all-in moves throughout this, this entire stretch of Stevens and Ainge together, and they never would do it. And and really didn't are. have a superstar to build around. Yeah. So they once they did it and stockpiled the picks, at some point, once you know that you have Tatum and Jalen Brown, you probably have to make a move and stop hoarding picks, right? Yeah. I and and there yeah, there were a couple and of that's things. not even hindsight, you don't think. Is no, it? I mean that's everybody was clowning Ainge in the moment, especially because it seemed like always like, oh, they were so close to making this move and um, you heard that basically after every single trade deadline, and they never would do it. They uh, they kept holding on to those assets, and um, now here they are, kind of falling back to the bottom half of the playoff picture and barely limping into the postseason. And now they're done after one round. Yeah, two historic franchises. Although one is off the verge, one is off of winning a championship, but they they could both teams. One already has in the Celtics. Lakers could go out with a whimper. <laughs> oh, and then you got the Knicks potentially bowing out in the first round after the season they had, and. So, so you know what's funny about the Knicks? The the Knicks, I feel, are a lot like the Heat. Kind of caught lightning in a bottle, but for the most part, they are who they are. Yeah. Right? Struggle to score. Yep. Really good defense. Julius Randle had a anomaly-type year. Yeah. Kind of reverting back to the mean. I mean, that's kind of who the Knicks are, right? Yep. And uh, unfortunately for the Knicks, that happened in the postseason, whereas Miami's lightning uh they, they caught the lightning in the postseason last year and made that run so worst possible time for um kind of reversion to happen but here we are they, they can't guard uh trey young and they can't score on the other end and apparently trey young is making people revisit how overrated some said he was after the first year and a half of that draft what can, can't play defense he's too small he's this he's that he's he's answered the dinner bell uh, and crunch time so far in a super young career. So, no pun intended, I guess. But And 
maybe a little better than we kind of gave him, the analytics folks gave him credit for after year one? Well, and I think part part of it, he's gotten better. And two, Atlanta's surrounded him with the pieces yeah. to allow him to play the way you got a role man in Click Compel who's had a monster year. You've got shooters at every other position. Um, I mean, John Collins is kind of the the one that doesn't necessarily fit there. Um, he's be interesting to see what happens to him after the season, but he's a good player and they can use him in stretches. So um, you, you brought in all, all the free agents that the guys they drafted are good fits around Trey as well. So they've, they're definitely some flaws to the team and um, they're not a championship contender right now, but from where they were, the strides they've made, they've done a good job, I think, constructing that roster to help Trey make the, make the, te- the next step. Yeah, since I've been the butt of a lot of jokes here as of late with the Dodgers being bad and uh, the Lakers struggling, I will take a second to backpack because I love DeAndre Hunter. I'm an ACC guy. Um, I watched him a ton. Same one of the same reasons I like Brogdon from three or four years ago. Just watch a lot. I never understood the floor being close to the ceiling argument with him when he was drafted, right? They kind of wondered about his game offensively. DeAndre Hunter is going to be a very, very good pro. It's always interesting when guys come in with the reputation of a certain kind of archetype and they evolve into something different. Like he's not the way he played last the start of this year. Um, and once he got back to healthy a little bit, kind of a different player than what we thought he was going to be coming out. Um, so, you know, what I, you cool know what I don't understand. I don't understand like in basketball in particular, we're so quick to cap a guy. If his deficiency is shooting, you know, one thing you can always do, be a better shooter. <laughs> See, the, the interesting thing about that is like, there's, it, it's just so individual. There are guys that come in with, they can't handle the ball. They can't shoot the ball particularly well. And they never get better at those, whether they, they work on it or they don't, it just never clicks for them. They're, they're, there's a certain level of their cap. Other guys that come in and they make massive strides in those areas. That's why the, the, the draft is so hard to, to project is because it, it it's impossible to really project the development timelines of these guys just based on the small sample size that we have of college and a little bit of pre-college stuff. As long as there's Anthony Tolliver and he's still playing in the NBA where he started versus what he's known for now, I'm always going to believe you can get better as a shooter, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I, yeah, I, I recap Anthony. That was uh, my, my sports writing class my senior year in college. I did a profile on Anthony and the path he took and – um, you're absolutely right. Just the worth that the work ethic. And again, if you've got a little bit of ability in that area and you put the work in it, the improvement can continue as long as you keep putting in that work. Um, it just, it's hard, it's hard to pinpoint which of those guys have that ability to overcome their weaknesses and make them strengths coming out of college. So if Jacob Padilla takes his, his summer hat off and he puts on his high school coaching hat, how are you utilizing Especially now with the live period, because it's gonna get it's gonna get kind of hectic, right? Yeah. And uh, um, some of your bigger tournaments are coming up in July. June is one of those months that's kind of used more for the actual high school, which I kind of like. Yeah. Um, just playing in both worlds. How would Coach Padilla at a high school utilize June? Yeah, kind of like we we talked about um, last week a little bit. Just I. I'd use it to one try to figure out kind of the whether it's the thir- the fourth or fifth starter, whether it's the sixth or seventh man. Try to kind of figure out your depth situation. You already know kind of who your core guys are coming back. 
June is a good time to figure out which of those other guys are ready to make a step forward and help you that maybe haven't previously. How, how would you kind of gauge, because I think this is interesting, especially as I look at a couple of high schools in particular, where guys, just almost what we were talking about, that have had some predetermined roles that are going to have to kind of evolve a little bit. I look at a guy like O'Malley at prep, right, going to be inserted into the starting line. I'm probably going to have to show a little bit more versatility. Um, a guy like, let's use uh, Charlie Davis at Westside. Historically a great summer player, very good shooter, probably used the summer for some – how do you know kind of like as a coach when you're thinking to yourself, okay, in order to do this during the high school season, I may have to make some folks uncomfortable for the short term to get long-term benefits. Yeah, and that's kind of always the the balancing act for the coaches. It's tough, is, isn't Yeah, it? trying to figure out how to fit the players and where they're at into what you want to do alongside all the other players. Kind of putting that puzzle together is the key to getting the most out of your team and the key to being a good coach. And you do, like if you want to get the most out of those guys, you've got to go to a little bit of where they are and understand what their strengths are and what they need to do to be able to have success. And they've obviously got to do kind of take care of the non-negotiables on their end and do everything you're asking of them. But there's got to be a little bit of wiggle room there where you let a guy go make a play and maybe make a mistake, especially in June. That's like in June, especially when it, nobody's keeping track of records. It doesn't ultimately matter the wins and losses. Let, let a kid go make a mistake here and there and, and try to learn from it. Like, okay, I, I'm not quite there. I can't be doing that. Um, but find out the ways where, hey, I can't have success doing this. So that that's kind of obviously the it's interesting in June. Sometimes the coaches are the head coaches are there. Sometimes it's the assistants um, and the coaches are over there just watching, kind of try to get a feel for. You go back and forth with that. Um, it's just a really good evaluation month to try to figure out the, the trajectory of your program and the kids um, that you have, and especially coming at it, it's good this year coming back after having a full spring, whereas last year. Um, is kind of a weird, obviously, with the AU in June and then some summer stuff in July. And we got a good two months of, of spring ball for kids to go out and try to take strides. And now they're bringing back what they what they did during the, the, the spring to their high school team in June. Let me ask you some of, of kind of some of the, the usual suspects. And you can stay in Class A or Class B. Who, who do you think can least afford of the successful teams, right? Who do you think can least afford or has to, whether it's by necessity or because they've lost pieces, can least afford to resemble what they did last year or how they played last year if they want to have success this year? It's probably Miller North. <laughs> you can't really. <laughs> that is probably yeah. the easy answer, right? They, they don't have any more Hunter Salas's uh, or, or St. Thomas's running around. They've got some good players, but they don't have guys that can go win that way. Um, and they've got a couple of transfers coming in. They've got a lot of young guys that are looking to take the step forward. So they're going to have to play a different way. You're going to have to play through Jason Moore, and we've talked about that in the past where he's kind of waited his turn, and now it's time for him to step up and show what he can do as kind of the featured guy. So um, Miller North, I think, is probably the best answer for that because um, even a, a team like Prep, like they're going to play the way they play. Their, their personnel change, but the way Josh Lukey teaches basketball – and what he does in his program, that doesn't really change. Spread, pick, I, I, and roll, you know, spacing. 
you know, say, you know what? Can... I'll be curious to see with them. Can they play as good of on the ball defense? I felt like those guys defensively yeah. Oh, yeah. were vastly underappreciated last year. They were eight because, you know, we saw them at the end of the year in some of these high flying yeah. up and down. But for four fifths of 80% of the time, those guys guard and they change the way that you can play at the point. And one guy, just for prep, City. while we're on prep, uh, Martel Evans is the guy that's going to have to step into yeah. that role. And man, the kid is a freak athlete. Um, so yeah, he, he's bouncy. a guy. He, yeah, he yeah he's a guy that's going to have to make a big leap here. Um, JV starter two years ago. This last year, he was kind of the backup point guard. Um, played almost every game, I think. Um, got some good minutes and some big games too. Um, still got to continue to work on the shooting and a little bit of the handle, kind of polish up the skills a little bit. But in terms of just pure athleticism and size and strength at the point guard spot, he's a guy that I think is going to be important to establishing that identity on the ball, kind of at the point of attack, um, really trying to um, take away what uh, opposing teams want to do. So that's another kid I think that you mentioned Casey O'Malley. I think Martell Evans also is going to have to take a big leap for prep. How about if you you jump over um, to to Bellevue West, a team that that's who I would probably rank preseason number one. But will play should be a lot different than they have been the last couple of years. But we'll still have every opportunity to be good, right? A team, another team, will be vastly different. Well, and they got a few transfers in as well um, at multiple positions there. So, um, be interesting to see how the newcomers kind of mesh with the guys coming back from last year. Um, and we talked about um, how Josiah Dosar is going to have to step into that point guard role and. Um, he's going to have to continue to kind of feel out the game where um, where he needs to score, where he needs to make plays for others. Um, William Kyle, um, is he ready to take a step and be more of an impact player on offense versus where he's mostly a defender and then go get um, kind of finish at the rim on pick and roll type stuff or runouts? Um, so it, it is, they've got a lot of pieces. They've got uh, TK Barnett coming over from Bellevue East, Jaden Cassio Jensen from Fremont. Um, and Jacob Arote from Omaha South coming over. So that's, they're, they're going to have some, some depth once again. Uh, you add those guys to everything they've got coming back. It'll be interesting to see kind of how that rotation shakes out. Yeah, two of the better shooters, um, at least on paper, with, with Cassio Jensen and, and, and Jaden Jackson. Yeah. Um, two guys with a pretty sweet stroke. Uh, and then Evan Inselman, same thing. Um, he's going to have to step up and play a bigger role this year. I figured he's probably the starter at the four there uh, alongside William Kyle. So. Got some versatility. They've got some depth. Um, it's just a matter of how are things going to click this year with guys in new roles. Big big fan or not so much or just going to play the hand that you're dealt with so much movement at the high school level with within schools. Yeah, I think you just got to have to. Put, you don't put, complain yeah. much, do you? You no. just kind of. <laughs> yeah, like the whole transfer. Like I do, do what you need to do. Do what you feel like you need to do to give yourself the best chance to succeed, to have a good experience, all that type of stuff. Like I, I'm not worked up about recruiting and transfers and all that type of stuff. I don't really care. Just I'll, I'll, I'll figure out where everybody lands and then start um, kind of throwing out the rosters and uh, assembling my thoughts after that. Before we move on real quick to kind of cap or maybe preview a little bit of the Shrine Bowl um, crossover sports for football, knowing what you know in terms of personnel going into the next season, you you'll have you have to rank them. <laughs> what will end up being the most important, talent or continuity slash chemistry? Whew. I'll I'll go with talent here. Um, it's, 
West Side, we, we've seen the continuity. They'll be the They're epitome the of continuity. chemistry and continuity. And do do they are those guys ready to make the leap that they weren't this year and be in the, the, the top number one option with Chandler, Reggie, um, Tate, those guys stepping into the, the roles? Can they consistently perform well enough to, to lead the team to all the way? Um, so And that's kind of like continuity is really important. You've got to you've got to clear the threshold of talent though too. Where um, there were some teams that had some continuity coming back that we thought, oh, they've got a chance to to be pretty good, and they ended up being whether it's just okay or they struggled or um, went through a rough patch and got it going at a different time. Whatever it is, um, continuity is important, but you you have to have the guys that can go carry you. Um, we saw this um, this past Hunter uh, Salas, Chucky Hepburn, their teams were were there. Um, they, they were the ones standing there at the end. Um, so, and, and prep was probably kind of the, um, the answer for the continuity, but also I think talent wise, had enough talent too. they made the talent leap too from, it wasn't just that they, Oh, they brought everybody back. All those guys they brought back made a significant step forward. They put in the work in the off season. We talked about kind of the, the train, the, the first pick stuff they did to kind of take themselves to the new level. So it wasn't necessarily just because of I, I was I was really surprised by the the athleticism that they showed, especially yeah. in the backcourt with Buckley and City. I mean, yeah. guys were different players. Exactly. So that's kind of where I point to the talent um, side of it. Kind of that that's where you start with, and then you start looking at the continuity within those teams that have the most talent. And and there there'll be a team or two that does that mesh really well and probably upset a team with better talent. Um, that happens every year. But I think ultimately for the teams that are going to be there at the end, I start with the talent and then hope they can figure everything out from there. Interesting. Let's change gears for just a quick second and, and, and talk Shrine Bowl coming up uh, this Saturday. Uh, there are some it's a lot of talent still playing in this game. It's almost – I feel like the last couple of years, guys have kind of made it a point – to play, I, I think I kind of like that. I don't know how much the college coaches love it, but for me, especially doing the broadcast every year and covering high school sports, I it meant something to, to us as former guys that played in it. I, I kind of like the fact that a lot of the who's who are playing. Yeah, that's and that's kind of always the deal with the timing of it. Some of these guys so close to mm-hmm. going off to um, the next, especially the guys that are playing Division One. Those are always the toughest guys to get there because of um, when they have to enroll, when they have to report. Some guys um, enroll early, so you lose those guys. So um, it is always interesting, and it's cool to see when guys are able to make it back or push off uh, moving on to go play in that game. Anybody – well, I'm sure you – I don't want you to sing. Hey, don't be mad at him. He, he, he covers a lot of you guys, so don't take it personal. Anybody in particular – that you want to see play against other good competition or guys that you felt like, I mean, because we covered all classes during uh, our, our preps post game during the fall. Any, any guys that you want to see make kind of the jump to see how they handle overall talent? I'll flip that question to you because I haven't studied the, the rosters too closely. Well, so there's, there's a couple in particular, and I'm glad he's back healthy. And he's a guy you know. You know who I'm, who I'm kind of excited for because he gets a chance – to get back out there and play is is Tyler LeClaire from, from yep. Bennington. I, I you know he's a guy that I think we were both big fans of when he got hurt. 
even though they were besieged by injuries, it seemed like all season. Bennington had done a really good job of kind of the next man up. Yep. Um, I really am excited to watch him play and, and kind of, I, I think, get back out there. He, he he strikes me as the type of person that loves to play. Um, I'm curious to see a guy uh, like Jack McDonald from Bellevue West because uh, I think he was an elite level player at the high school level. I'm 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 excited to kind of see him get a chance to showcase his game. This is a perfect game for him because he takes no plays off. Yeah, and it's an all star game, but you don't have to worry about his. I mean, <laughs> he's going to be a guy that's going to maximize. Uh, I'm excited for a guy like Hunter Push uh, from Omaha North who has missed a season that I felt like it's kind of a steal for South Dakota without the ability to camp uh, last summer due to the pandemic and missing an offseason. Um, really excited to see a guy like Cole Payton. Yeah. Um, who, all biased aside, I, it is pretty electric. Right? <laughs> He's just one of those guys that – it's a, I I'm curious to see what the staff thinks when you get to see a, a, a specimen like him up close. He's different. Yeah. The, the, the Kate Habermans of the world. Those guys are. This is it's just just a special group of guys that I think played the game the right way. The Jack McDonald. I mean, a lot, a lot of these guys, right? But but in particular, guys like Peyton and Haberman, I think would be pretty exciting. Yeah, and I uh, I know Tavian. Talk about Cole Payton going to be thrown to some guys that hope, Tavion hopefully Thompson. Tavion Thompson will get a chance to get out there and show what he can do. It's you li- you've liked him a See, lot. If he I, turns out to yeah. flourish, I, I'm giving you all the credit because you like T squared. I'm a little biased. I helped coach him last summer in basketball, and I, I felt so bad for him because he he had a really good summer. He made a huge leap uh, on the basketball court, and I thought he was going to play a big role for Southeast this year. And then he goes and gets hurt in the last mm-hmm. game of the season, last play or whatever it was, and had to miss the whole season. So I'm glad that. He's able to uh, hopefully be helped um, back to full strength now and able to go out there and show what he can do. You like the nighttime game? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to get – Kind of cool. Yeah, get, give them that, that experience, get the lights out there and um, go out and play, especially in the summer, um, spring, once a little, little, get a little bit warmer, probably wait a little bit later in the day. So for you, you've got you – got, we've got locker room camp this week with high school football. We've got – the Lindawood camp, uh, Saturday morning. You've got the the Jamboree for locker room camp. You've got the Shrine Bowl Saturday night. You have Summer League starting next week with high school camps. I, I'll be in a gym Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday next week. Is coming. <laughs> Let's start with Friday. What's Friday for JP? Uh, I, I think we got uh, – Kind of waiting to get the schedule. I think this week is the Millard North deal. It is. Um, so I need to get the schedule for that. But um, I think that kicks it off. And then we got the, the Bryan tournament. Uh, Galen Goley taking over that program now, kind of hosting the tournament for I'm, the first I'm time. I'm excited for him. I'm a big gully guy. I love Coach O'Donnell, so it's a little bittersweet. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is with that transition. But uh, Coach Gully is a guy that's easily – just a likable guy right. that you know has four kids, and he's a fantastic player in the Metro. And obviously had a lot of success there at Bryan. Um, everybody around there knows him. Um, he's, he's, I think he's going to be able to connect with kids while he's been 
uh, been coaching last few years, kind of dipping his toes in. Um, so kind of preparing for this, working his way up to this. So hopefully he's able to um, kind of make some strides there um, because it's always, it is cool when you see program greats come back and, and coach the team and hopefully have some success there. So you got Friday, Saturday, Sundays in the gym. Monday, you're back in the gym because we're, of course, we're starting. Got the 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 Monday night varsity league, and also oh. DC West uh, has a team camp out there, and they invited me out there, so I got scheduled for that. So I'm gonna have to try to figure out a schedule for that. But and then Tuesday is the the Lincoln Supreme League. Um, so DC, it's funny you bring DC West up. That they're gonna be a, a fun team, I think, to watch. I watched them play. Was it Ron Colley or Platteview? I think it was it was Platteview uh, on a Saturday yeah. afternoon yep. late. And I felt like they had a lot of pieces, especially young, that that were going to be kind of make them fun to watch. It, it, it kind of became a destination spot over the last couple of years quietly. And they do in a, that class. Yeah, they do a good job out there of investing in their basketball talent, getting kids in, into summer ball. Um, getting kids um, out there for workouts and all that type of stuff. Because at a school like DC West, you don't have a giant talent pool to draw from. So you get, you got to take what you can get and really invest in those kids and coach them up. And I think that's what uh, they've done a good job over there. You got Brody Travis is going to going to be their leading scorer coming back this year as a senior. They've got some younger guys um, coming up there. Um, I saw a few of their freshmen play this weekend down at the the MBDA freshman tournament um did some good things so I think the world of of, of coach Travis as well so not about his kids yeah I like those guys too but it started with being a fan yeah I, a lot, <laughs> lot of good people with being there a fan. Just, just just good folks so hey before we uh before we wrap this one up next week's podcast we're going to talk to coach reader um I guess I can call him coach reader um and really see the growth and development in in Lincoln continue to kind of hit on that as, as as that evolution continues. What were some of the closing thoughts that you thought was seeing? Because Lincoln's League will start next Tuesday. Yeah. Some of the closing thoughts of some of the young guys that you saw at the freshman tournament. Yeah, uh, well, Lincoln Southwest won the whole thing yeah. playing with the team Do you primarily. Like that segue of, that I gave you? Yes, incoming freshmen. Uh, you've got Chuck Love, 2025, Braden Frager, um, Jackson Carpenter's little guard that I was really impressed with. Kavion Reynolds and other like they their their closing five was basically four incoming freshmen and then maybe one um, 2024 kid. And they were playing against teams with a lot of 2024 kids as their main team. So um, it was really impressive the way and they played Southeast in the championship game. Southeast has Tay Moore, Kendall Hinton is transferred over there. Now we talked about them previously with the yeah. 402 Chaos team. Um, and they, they got some good kids that Trayvon Gray had a good game, shot the ball well. So, um, that was tough. They, uh, Southwest really impressed me the way they were playing physical against those older kids and able to pull it away in a close one. So, um, a lot, a lot of good kids down there. It's a fun tournament, but, um, keep an eye out for Southwest over the next few years for sure. Yeah. We, I remember last year we talked that if they continued on that start that they had, that we felt like they were a year early. Yeah. They kind of tapered off with some injuries in particular to Ryland Smith, but that's a school the folks have their eyes on for what's coming down the road. And I think you're going to see these kids playing with their varsity team in this month, especially with a couple of, with Ben Hunziker and uh, Ryland kind of still coming back from their injury. So you have a chance. These kids will have a chance to show that, hey, can we help you this year as freshmen? Hey, not just some run-of-the-mill podcast covering high school sports, man. One of the best in the business, Jacob Padilla. We try to get everybody covered. I'm ODB. We'll be back next week. 
talking development and growth. It's Nebraska Preps postgame.